You're listening to the Fire in a Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and a cast. If you want to keep the show free and help us keep the lights on, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. If you have ideas for the show, we'd like to come on the show, uh, don't hesitate to drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Finally free of the crushing uh, dictatorship that is Danny Lajoie. Yeah. We have our show back. <sighs> that guy. That fucking Jesus. guy. Unfortunately, with him goes all of our listening uh, audience. That's true. So for the night And of charisma. You, and charisma. <laughs> and sex appeal. And sex appeal. And God raw, damn it. But uh, we scrambled to um, sort of lift up the show despite our failings, <laughs> despite our shortcomings. And we had Mr. John St. Goddard return. Uh, to jive with us for a little while. Yeah, it was great to have him back on the show. We really had fun with him the first time, and uh, he uh, wanted, he was uh, getting ready to uh, do a show tonight, um, and he's also being slated to do a pretty big show soon, so we seized the opportunity. Yeah, congratulations to him. That's huge. We talked about antidepressants, homeless people, uh, his off-JFL gig that's yeah, coming so up on the 21st of July, <clears throat> which is huge. Right. I mean, for those of you that don't know, the Just for Laughs Festival is just a few weeks away, and it's easily the most international thing that we do here, apart from, like, the Jazz Fest. Yeah, it's legit. And to get a gig even closely, remotely connected to that is a huge deal, so we wish uh, John all the best, and, uh, uh, you know, that's that's great. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked uh, female comics and class, yeah. classist. What else? Um, yeah, second half we basically talked about uh, some of the some of the things around the Orlando tragedy, which I think hit home for, for John in a bunch of ways. In Australia, we had the biggest massacre on earth, and the Australian government went, that's it, no more guns! And we all went, and we all went, yeah, right then, that seems fair enough. Really. Now, in America, you have the Sandy Hook massacre where little tiny children died and your government went, maybe we'll get rid of the big guns? Yeah, sure. No, I don't mind. Yeah. So, so, uh, which, which, may I ask which drug you're? It's taking? called Trintalex. 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 Trintalox. Trintalex. Lex. Yeah, Trintalex. Okay. Um, and I take a pill a day, and I don't cry on the bus anymore. Is that, was that a thing? Was that a thing? <laughs> We're just reinforcing the sad clown uh, stereotype here. <laughs> or the, the, the Russian clowns? The Russian uh, yeah, exactly. They always felt they, they have the sad clowns, don't they? Yeah, they do. Even when they laugh, they cry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trintalex. So mm. I don't I don't know too too much about it, but I it can't be that there can't be that many types of antidepressants. They must be like, uh, like I don't really know to be honest. Not. I think that it sounds like there are. Like I've heard the names of maybe three or four. Um, so I have no reason to think that the, the reason my doctor um, suggested I take them is because that's who he's, you know, in bed with. <laughs> sure. Maybe that's the company. Maybe. That's the company. He's, maybe that's know. who's uh, they send him on vacation once a year or something. He yeah. goes to the well, however it works, you know, I mean, there's other ways. It's not necessarily that blatant, right? It's like, I don't know. Uh, Out of curiosity, how much, uh, how much sort of talking uh, with the doctor and how much like uh like how how long did it take for the doctor to actually go there oh, i don't really remember that? i think it was pretty quick though yeah i think it's pretty quick yeah you're like uh and he's like yeah okay here's here's a go here you go like turn to legs <laughs> ish like, I, I don't remember exactly i've had the same doctor for almost 30 years he's okay. great he, and he's a real like i trust him he's a great oh, doctor trust. He's, okay so oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah but i but i still think that they're they're motivated if not influenced by you know the drug companies they obviously. have to be, they have um, to be. yeah there's um, this whole vicious yeah. circle with doctors and research and uh, pharmaceutical companies. And I think one doctor told me that it's sometimes it's not even like nefarious. You just hap- you just find yourself in a weird kind of gangster debt to... Uh, right. You, you kind of find yourself in their clutches. 
Uh, I've even talked to teachers who had this kind of thing going on, uh, not with drugs, but with uh, with publish publishing houses, so publishing uh, companies. So what will happen is obviously they have to recommend yep. a textbook to their students, and then they would get these weirdos that would show up, these sort of agents who would <laughs> show up with, uh, or start getting fruit baskets from, from like some <laughs> publishing company. Uh, he got a leather yeah. pound uh, complete shake, works of Shakespeare one year, and it w- came with a little like catalog of which of their books they think would be right for his class. Interesting. So well, you know, I, that's there's you know, I, you know it's an old the, the Shakespeare one. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. But the high school workbooks, yep. you know what you're talking about, like for English second language that I teach, the high school workbooks are always always bad. They t- they're always terrible. They're, you know, no one even, knows what the fuck they're doing. Well, it's, and not only like that's not even it's. They're not that challenging. They're not that that interesting generally or, or attractive. And the worst part is they they, it, they need to get students to do the illustrations, not right. teachers or adults, because the adults it's just unbearably cute. <laughs> well, and it seems like the European ones, the European books, because I've have some ESL experience. Um, uh, the European books are more effective, but the the sort of situations they put you in like the the scenarios in the books are completely alien culturally to anyone right here. which would be great that would be that'd be almost a reason to use them if you know if you could sum up because that's a teaching moment right right like you you get to discover like yeah discover the world like by other people's mistaken idea that they're the center of it yeah maybe <laughs> uh and the Amer- north american books are for the most part not super well done uh, there's so many of them too yeah i always get yeah well like i'm in the french school board the csdm so i get books that are sort of recommended to them okay and so, so you're using things like uh you're probably not using market leader and books like that you're using no like you're using the use? red blue i'm using something in secondary one called interactivities because there's okay. you know there's uh it's it's interesting in the sense that there's vocabulary grammar and it's a go-to thing for me like if i can't think of something to do we can we go to that's that. kind of how it works right yeah, yeah. yeah. It's ne- it should never be your focus that book you know any book really yeah right any well unless it's a novel sure but like i had a i remember I had a teacher that were, taught us you know about the odyssey and and we didn't like spend inordinate amounts of time reading out of the odyssey like in class you know he would assign it as homework but in class it was let's discuss you know like we're all here what are we going to oh, really? just like Was it French it? or English? It was, uh, he was, uh, it was in English. Like the class was, was in English? Yeah, this is at CJF yeah, level. A... It was a Greek guy too, so it was really funny because it felt really authentic. But of course it wasn't because, you know, he's just, yeah, it happened to be Greek. It's not like he had a connection to Homer <laughs> or whatever the fuck. But, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so, okay. That's interesting. So you, you don't feel any different? Do you feel any different? Yeah, it's hard to say. I, it's kind of maybe just a, I heard Mark Maron talk about it and he described it. Uh, as a kind of a drowsy muting of your senses. Okay. Uh, you know, very, very mildly sort of less. I don't know. I, I become less obsessed about a thought or idea. Like I was, I was, you know, I was on the bus because, well, I'll talk about this because uh, my man I've been with him for 19 years, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2012. Oh, shit. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. And so, and so, and the way I dealt was just like, deny, deny, deny. <laughs> well, not, you know, I, I accepted it, but I'm like, oh, there's nothing I can do. So let's just, you know, let's try, try and be happy. Yeah. And then I was crying on the bus. <laughs> ah. You know, and then, I mean, it goes from that point to where you just sort of, you're, you're down about it. You're in your mind, you're in your head about it. And then all of a sudden you're like, like I wasn't, you know. <laughs> no, no, but, that, but it but, catches up but, to you eventually. Yeah, yeah. where, you know, <laughs> you probably shouldn't in, be crying on a bus, yeah. right? In our so, probably, times. Not more than usual. A little crying on the bus. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> just a little. Exactly. Just I before cry. your stop. I don't know. When stuff you get uh, on. I don't know. But I was sandwiched yeah. between two people. I die a little with every poor, time I get on the bus. Hygiene. <laughs> a little piece of me dies. A little on piece the of bus. Yeah. I don't like buses at all. I don't mind. The public, metro I'm down with. And the new cars are nice here. Oh, yeah. They're swanky, aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It feels like you've, you've, you're in another town or That's another right. country. Yeah. Are they it's called Azur? Azur. Azur. Are they called Azur? They're so, called the yeah. Azur. Azur. Oh, yeah, boring. they only took. Uh, they're only like five years late. And How much over budget? I can't even imagine. And they still didn't go for the air conditioning. No way. <laughs> like every other civilized city Seriously. has air conditioning. They haven't figured this out. Yeah. They think they're the those ventilators that, that 
blast that the, blow the air around the stale air. fucking air you know the same air you breathe basically if you go to dawson because <laughs> the dawson's connected to the subway so you just <laughs> oh you just washes God. up from the and then any like just it's, it's terrible nasty it's but if your hair is wet and you walk onto the onto the metro and they, uh-huh. it's like a hair dryer <laughs> somewhat yeah but you, it doesn't dry you <laughs> and you get yeah, like yeah. a special <laughs> scent of the homeless as well in the winter exactly. time you would mm. get like it would be like a perfume a homeless <laughs> perfume because <laughs> they really jet pack in that hallway there that connector Jeez. between uh Westmont Square and, and uh, oh yeah because that's where I live I live in Olivier and I go through there all the time and they are hardcore there are these yeah. hubs right? yeah hubs <laughs> there are these hubs these checkpoints yeah <laughs> for yeah. the homeless and then there's like different ranks yeah. I guess I think there's even and there must be any society that I've seen has a hierarchy of some type. I wonder what oh, the yeah, hierarchy is. I've seen them is. fight. I've seen them fight. There must argue. be. Do you think they have a king? Do you have there's there's a homeless king? Is that <laughs> there's probably you're trying to make this into a movie? <laughs> I'm just no, but there's gotta be right. There's yeah. always a hierarchy. There's yeah. gotta be. Oh, I'm sure there is. I think there, there is. There gotta mm-hmm. be like homeless guys uh, that are higher ranking and that demand or command a certain amount of respect yeah right. and because they, they have their their turf too right <laughs> like, <laughs> like nobody shits there but me <laughs> nobody shits at that public spot but I do <laughs> I get to pass out there in my yeah. own urine they it's just like catch yeah. you one more time Richard that's if it if I throw up in a circle around you you're mine that's, that's how right. I mark my territory <laughs> <laughs> you know I wish I was kidding but uh, uh, was it there's the um, uh, one of the downtown uh, stations, the one that gives out right onto the uh, uh, Quartier des Spectacles, um, oh, where the Jazz Fest is. Yes, that's or, the one. Okay, yeah. There's that weird mezzanine uh, floor oh. to it, right? Yeah, so you, well, like when, it, like right beside the track. You mean? Like you have the the basic the platform, yeah. And then there, as you come out, there's like this weird mezzanine that goes over it, so you can yes. yeah, go yeah, yeah, to yeah. the other exit if you if you got yeah, out on the yeah. right side. And that mezzanine is why is, is it like, that weird? Because the other ones aren't like that. It's There's ground no zero like that. for homeless. Oh, it's, is it really? Yeah, it's it's the homeless, like it's the the darkest spot I have seen so far. I'm talking about just people like they're just like they lay there like sea lions, and <laughs> arguing over each, <laughs> punching each other. I'm glad they're inside. Uh, even the, the 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 metro police will like not really go there unless they have to no what are we gonna do you know if we you can't put them outside when it's like you know minus 30 minus 40 sure sure no that's that 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 whole thing it's it's hard man it's just like i think they have a standing order to be kind of lenient towards them on cold days but otherwise they're kind of supposed to yeah and then they got to give give them heat when they're in a place like uh you know dawson because there's these people going shoppers and stuff like that so there's there's probably mountains of complaints (laughs) right yeah it's a weird situation so, John, welcome back to the show. Nice to be back. Welcome back, really sir. It is nice to be back. Uh, I'm probably I think too probably we want to get this out of the way. Congratulations right away for um, Thank you. you got booked on a serious gig, from what I understand. I did, yeah. Uh, has it happened? Is it happening? It's going to happen. No, it hasn't happened. It's uh, July 21st at the uh, Montreal Improv, and there's two nights, and I'm on uh, Thursday night. And then there's a Thursday and a Saturday show, and I'm okay. on a Thursday That's show. Awesome. And this yeah. is off Just for Laughs? That's off JFL, okay. yeah. Which is a big deal. Well, yeah, it's a big deal because I auditioned and I got something out of the audition. So for me, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because, uh, you know, now I got I got, got another credit. So the more credits you get, the better shows you get to do and, and the more exposure you get. This um, is a credit, uh, a specific kind of credit? Yeah, well, it's almost a JFL credit. You okay. know, it's probably like if you look out, like I'd love to do the Winnipeg Comedy Fest or the Halifax Comedy Fest, but um, those are not even in the same ballpark as JFL. Even, and I mm. think I'm hoping at least off JFL as well. Obviously, if it's a full out JFL credit, then that's a that's a big deal, and that'll, that'll, that'll get you on shows. You know, if you go to LA, let's say, how many people? Uh, how many people entered this contest? Or this, uh, this uh, there was like three nights of auditions in Montreal where there was maybe my night there were we I know you weren't there for that one there's like I don't know 10 comics auditioning something like okay. that maybe at least 10 okay. maybe 12 so you impressed you impressed somebody yeah that's yeah, great. I impressed somebody. I am uh, the right person. So it <laughs> you got, it's nice to impress people, but it's nice to impress people that can do something for your career too. You, you got to do that crying sure. on the bus. That's a bit. I feel like that's a bit. Something. Yeah, I did. I actually talked about it once, but it, I think I was too close to the actual experience of crying on the bus, uh. so it came out as you know obviously quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm also sorry. I just did the most annoying thing you can do to a comic. Is like you know what it would be really funny is if you did this bit. Where no, it doesn't <laughs> annoy me at all. It's two cows and no. Well, that, you see that. Was would annoy me but you know <laughs> as long as it's good you don't give a shit well whatever yeah you know <laughs> so this big J, uh, just for last thing happened 
very shortly after you came on this show for the first time. Coincidence? Ah, uh, yes. Maybe. I think not. I, I think it's we get, yeah. Fire in the hole credit. Fire, fire in the hole credit. Once you've received, once you've been burned, baby. <laughs> once you get the the brand, it's all over. Well, I'll so tell you, like I start talking. I've only done one or two other podcasts, and uh, I never got any feedback from doing them. Mm-hmm. And I got feedback on this one. My sister oh, listened to it, great. and uh, and she was like, I was. She said. It, I was interested, and you were interesting, you guys. So it's uh, awesome great. to hear that. All right. Is she usually Good. supportive? <laughs> uh, well, we usually don't talk about it that much because, you know, she's got her life, I got mine. And, and um, now, because, you know, before I was, I never really had anything to report about. I wasn't, well, I guess, I, yeah, I was doing radio and stuff. But whatever. So we reconnected sort of over the podcast. She really liked it. Okay, nice. cool. So yeah. you've got a, like, a little momentum going. Yeah, I got the, some family. Uh, got some family momentum going. So <laughs> if I, you know, were to put out a CD, I could sell like probably five to eight copies, right? right. Like that. CD. Uh, <laughs> nice. A CD. A CD. I got conned one time into buying a comedy CD, and uh, till this day, my friends make fun of me for this, uh, and it ties into homelessness and and subways and crazies. I'm randomly coming back from a friend's house, and it's I guess maybe. Yeah, it's winter because definitely like it's one of those like you open the subway gate and like you whiplash and the whole bit and you're just trying to get in there as quickly oh, as yeah, possible. Oh, yeah, that's bad. And there's this like thin blonde dude standing outside the and he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's doing he's doing all this like jittery stuff. And I'm just like, hey, uh, how's it going? And I, I randomly ended up in a conversation with him and I noticed immediately he had an Australian accent. So I thought that was interesting. I'm like, OK, this guy looks homeless. He looks like he may have partook in, in, in certain, so shall we say, illicit uh, activities. And I'm like, oh, how the fuck do you end up here from Australia? And that's an expensive ride, like, to get to Montreal and then be homeless. I know, it's weird. Anyway, he, he just starts talking a mile a minute, and he tells me he's a comedian. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's, uh, he's waiting to hear back about a pilot, and, and he's just talking, talking, talking. I end up buying a, a, his demo CD for like 10 bucks because whatever. I just gave him 10 bucks and I'm like, fuck it. I hope this guy is, is legit, but I don't really care. And I get home and I put in the CD. I have the CD somewhere. <laughs> it is the type of thing that you would find. Uh, you guys remember that movie Session 9? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> when he finds. So it's about the, it's David Caruso. Very, very funny. Okay, I know very David strange Caruso. movie. They're uh, removing the asbestos from an old asylum. And I think one of the employees finds like a room full of records of old patients and like the voice recordings of their various, you know, crazy talk. That's what the CD sounded like. Like it belonged in one of those like Stephen King (laughs) asylum discovered from the 50s. It was madness. He was just it's completely incomprehensible. He just mumbles on it. And I think he may have like added a laugh track to it. Oh my god! To make it sound like this is a recording of him doing something live, it's a, it's really, it's madness, and it's amazing. <laughs> so ten dollars, people. And you got flack for 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 buying it, right? Because I think I told the guys how excited I was about meeting this guy and how he might. I thought maybe this guy was some kind of genius that nobody knew about. And then <laughs> when I manage him, when I when I met when I told them now this guy's crazy, they like they burst out laughing <laughs> into tears. <laughs> And then every time now I, ca- I catch it, they're like, hey, Jason, uh, did I tell you about my, you know, I have the CD. And, <laughs> you know, I know this guy <laughs> or whatever we see almost person. He's like, hey, maybe that guy is He's a comedian. <laughs> maybe you should go talk to him to figure it out. <laughs> hey, do you have 10 bucks? Like the shit just doesn't stop. You know, I get this all day, every day. Nice. I'm not sure what the lesson in here is. <laughs> I don't know. You don't trust buy CDs don't. In Metro. Australian yeah. guys. I don't don't trust people. Don't, don't take don't, don't take risks. Don't, take, don't give people ten. <laughs> don't believe in people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. So that's really cool. So uh, I guess July twenty first. It's almost a month from. Yeah, we're July tomorrow. So in three weeks or so, and I booked Cuba too because you know I didn't think I would get anything uh, okay. because about two or three weeks ago, a whole bunch of people in Montreal and uh, shows that uh, Montreal people produce were picked up by JFL for off JFL, and uh, then some other shows were announced, and I thought, okay, that's it. And um, I went ahead and booked Cuba, and I'm glad I didn't. Which is book. what I would do. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I needed some time. I when needed a rest. Doubt. And uh, 750 bucks, by the way, all inclusive, one person, no single supplement. Very nice. Can't beat that. Yeah. If you want to rest and you like the water and et cetera, et cetera. Right. But um, 
What was I talking about? Uh, you were you booked Cuba because you didn't expect to get any right. anything coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and I'm just glad I didn't book at the date of the show because I was just going. I didn't care. I just wanted to work. Can I get a cheap week? And uh, like two or three days later, I heard from JFL for the show, so I was super glad because I would have stayed. I wouldn't have gone to Cuba. Of course, yeah. Okay. When, so, yeah. are you preparing special material for the no, show? No, I'll or? do seven to ten minutes that I've been doing, like for the last whatever four years. I mean, some of my jokes are like almost. Four years, four years old. They have new stuff, but you know, a lot of my you get twenty or thirty minutes of material. You're developing that over four years. They've been fine tuned, sure. yeah. By you know, no, no choice. Every time you get up there, if you're gonna try to get them to work, you got to come at them a different way, and then they just ultimately grow. Or you just say something. You writing on stage is fun. That doesn't happen very much for me. Writing on stage? Yeah, like uh, when you're doing your bits, you've got you know, you know where you're going, generally speaking, but you're you're getting into it, and you're in the moment, and you just something comes to you, and you say you add something to your joke. Oh, okay. So, yeah, writing. All oh, right, like in the spur of the moment. Kind yeah, of. yeah. I guess you might call it improvising, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's not really improvising because you're already in a story. Right. You're just sort of embellishing the story a little bit as you tell it. Yeah. Do comedians look down on improvisation. Do they? Or improv. I, I yeah, know, yeah. There's that, a like whole improv. history of stand-up improv, um, and there's like yeah. some snobbery on, on the on the side of comics, stand-up comics towards improv. I, I right. like. I don't like doing improv. I don't like doing it. I, it scares me, actually. Mm. Yeah, actually, and there's a show tonight at the Theater St. Catherine called The Riff, which is improv. And uh, a guy I really respect and admire from the Theater St. Catherine, Alan Merceca, he, uh he's always talking about how, like, you're, you, comics aren't going to go do your routine for the billionth time, are you? And, uh, <laughs> like, you know, why don't you try something? Try to create, you know? Right. Um, yeah, improv so, is, yeah. Uh, is interesting. I, I have, like, a love-hate relationship with it, a little bit like musicals. I'm kind of almost just or burlesque. Meh. There's things like that. It's like, it's not the generally the best of acting and it's not the best of comedy, right? So it ends up being like kind of a, unless the very best people are doing it, I'm talking like, uh, you know, uh, Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady? Wayne Brady, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, like we're talking that level of, of improv. Like the whose line is it anyway yeah. thing? Unless yeah. you're talking about that caliber, whenever I've seen sort of up and comers, I'm like. Yeah, but you could say the same about stand up. Yeah. Possibly, like how bad is stand up when we start too? Because and that's where those the improv people you're watching might be. They might just be starting or I guess not if you're passionate it. about improv, then what I have the seen that is kind of interesting is I was watching um, uh, what is it? Uh, Hannibal Burst takes Scotland. Yeah, I saw that. I liked it. Yeah, uh, or Edinburgh or something like that. Uh, or are you supposed to say Edinburgh? Edinburgh. I don't know. Yeah. Edinburgh. Uh, so yeah, um, I thought that was interesting more from a and then there's this bit where not bit but this part where he has to um, the comics go up and there are five topics and they're like they don't know what they're going to be and they okay. kind of just appear behind them on the on the screen and they have to kind of look back and like riff yeah, on yeah why don't I why don't I know the, the name of the show this is uh, the same guy who had the green room uh, he had a show okay. called the green room on YouTube and where Comic Center on talked uh huh. Is that who, who's, who's it's behind the that? Set list. It's the set list. It's a set list, I think. Yeah. So you go up and a topic pops up on the board behind you, right? Like, and I you think that's cool. At it. Yeah. That, that scares me to death. Really? Oh, yeah. That's so frightening to me. Really? Oh, uh, that's interesting because to me, I, I feel like, I mean, obviously, again, you'd want to see like a seasoned comedian do it, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. You'd want to watch it a bit. Because you, you have faith that they'll they'll do something with it, you know, as opposed to someone you may not and, know. And, yeah, and you can also watch how they get there, too, how they make something of it. You can see the process, right? Yeah. Like they stumble with a couple of words or ideas, and then you kind of follow their train. Right. And so it's, it's less like frightening, a, right? It's like sure. a pit. Yeah, I mean, and the topics, too, are not like bread, right? Like, it's not like now you have to riff yeah. on bread. It'll mm-hmm. be something funny. I think the one I saw was uh, it has to be a, a slightly erotic sermon. <laughs> like right there, that that con that idea was that there's. for uh, Burris? Yeah, and he had one about a unicorn or something too. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, the first one he got was something like a unicorn, and then he made some quick jokes about it, and then it turned to, yeah, a slightly erotic. And he did really sermon, well. That's where and I got. He talked about how. Yeah, no. He, I, I felt like I don't. I don't know. You like Burris? You like Cannibal Burris? I do. I'm not. I'm not a. I don't find him super funny. I like the guy though. I really like the guy. Like, yeah, he seems like a guy I would get along with, but his style I find is a little bit. Uh, I don't know. He's really deadpan and sarcastic. He's kind of deep within himself, but at the same time, weirdly accessible. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's got he's such a character, yet it's sort of a, this muted character in some way. 
Like he, yeah, like the nerdy kid in the back of the class. Yeah, has some stuff to say. Yeah, you wouldn't expect him to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I feel he chooses his material kind of strangely. I mean, I, at the same time, I can't imagine what it's like to be a, a U.S. comic for so long, uh, and then suddenly have to bring some of this material to like Scottish people who may not get like uh, three quarters of your reference. Like when he's in the casino, remember that part? He's doing no. like he's doing like this casino gig. Oh and no! Did he have a casino gig in yeah. Edinburgh? Yeah, he even oh, makes man. fun of it. How has yeah, like, of course uh, because it's really bad too. It's like he's barely separated he by really a curtain <laughs> from the rest of the casino. Yeah, and there's a bunch oh, of these yeah. these like dudes with their arms crossed. It's like it's like the worst <laughs> gig ever. And he goes and I guess he may have felt that the gig sucked, so he literally just made no effort to make jokes that might be appreciated by that crowd. Okay. He started talking about like rap videos. Okay. <laughs> like why certain rap videos seem to be continued in them at the end? He's just telling jokes for himself. Yeah. At yeah. this point, it yeah. seems like he's just like I'm or purposely get my money. trying to like just either annoy them or not care that they see don't, if he can light up yeah. the room a little bit or right? yeah. get them mad at least. I yeah. don't know. That, he, he's only been international, I think, for the last what two three years. Like he accused Cosby, he outed Cosby. That was his, and then he blew up. And that then was, he was on the thing. he was on the Bieber roast, and then all the jokes were like, you know. Who, who is this guy? We don't even know who he right. is, and he's here. Yeah, but you know, he wrote for Thirty Rock. Did he? Oh, yeah, he, he wrote I'm for sure. years for really? th- and, and SNL. That was those were heavy shows, like uh, oh, Thirty yeah, Rock, yeah. especially. That's not like uh, yeah, he's he's he's, he's great. That's writer. a mile he's a, a minute great comedy. Uh, comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's real setup punch. Yeah, and the that editing is, too. Everything is so quick in that show. I don't know how they produce so many episodes of that show. It's, it must have been exhausting. Yeah, it's odd how he got so popular just just by that, like basically through Twitter. And then the whole yeah. Cosby that thing, really, like we're yeah, still really hearing about it. blew up you know? with that, for sure. But he yeah. wasn't even looking to do that, right? Somebody no, and he mentioned so. it before, I think. He mentioned it before, but, I mean, this time, for whatever reason, it took off. Yeah. Yeah, it really hit hard. Super interesting. That's Did you hear this thing about Roseanne Barr making similar accusations against uh, Louis, Louis C.K.? Louis C.K., yeah. yeah. And, really? uh, and, and also... Um, Louis C.K.? Yeah. Yeah, well, it, not, not that she was... Uh, that she had a personal yeah. experience, but she had heard stories and stuff. That so. he's... He drugs women? Or? No, that he's just a general, like a perv, kind of like closing the door and like masturbating in front of people and stuff. I, I almost, I want to say that he would, I want to say that I want to believe, I want, be I like coming back into the banquet hall, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> closing the door, <laughs> debating in front like, of people in the banquet hall. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, the story was that he had, a, he had a woman or women in his hotel room-ish, what okay. sounded like hotel room, it would yeah. have been a hotel room scenario, right? And then mm-hmm. he just pulled down his butt, just, then he apparently whipped it out and started With masturbating. Nose. Well, he, he and the way they're like making segues, it sound. So maybe he, just, <laughs> he didn't introduce the topic. <laughs> He just went like, yeah, it's true. It, 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 the traffic has been getting worse. And then he just dropped his pants. <laughs> is that what happened? Is that what he's accused of? I don't know. Basically, it's all hearsay stuff. But is it R- Roseanne, I think, may be trying to make a name for herself by... Really? Yeah. It's hard to say. Way. You know what? He's so revered. And I love Louis C.K. So yeah, it's, this is really difficult for me to talk about. <laughs> not even yeah. kidding. It's like, uh, but I, at the same time, I was, I was with a, uh, a comic friend of mine yesterday. And she was talking about how hard it is to be a woman in comedy. And uh, think about that. it a little bit. It, it like yeah, what did you know? You, say? you go really to curious. well, you know, you go to let let's say like in comedy and and also the the bigger rooms as well. Um, but here in Montreal, you want to do an open mic. Let's say there's a new breed of open mic comics that you know happens every couple of years. We come in and you know flood the place. And now it's like a lot of early twenties um, guys in Montreal. So like they're with their buddies, right? And like. Like I did when I was in my 20s, too. And we were gross and loud and disgusting. And women, you know, uh, you know, talked among themselves, except for a couple. And so imagine yourself being like a 25-year-old woman going to an open mic where there's like 30 guys, uh, right? And, and it's all there. just these little cliques of guys either talking about you right. or looking at you and then you, and then talking to their friends about you. And right. you're the one woman in the room. I mean, and the only yeah. t- yeah, that's the just only the tip of the iceberg. Other time Definitely they're used to seeing club. women step on up, up on the stage, too. <laughs> Right, to dance right, and right. Take, take your clothes off. Right. Okay, so like, yeah, I did feel a little bit of that actually the other day when one of the ladies went up and there were a couple of like dudes, a couple of bros in the front. Did you? And I kind of, there was this weird kind of vibe for a second where I felt like oh, they were sure. just like checking, at, that all checking around and I yeah. was just like, oh. Yeah. I mean, that probably happens to guys too and they just don't know. Like well, yeah. Well, they, they mm. wish it would happen to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wish it would happen to them. Okay, so she, so she's like, okay, it's tough to be a woman in comedy. 
yeah, yeah well, it just you know, just just think about it a little bit. I mean, it's it's um, it you know, if you're you're the only woman, you're being judged in so many different ways, and uh, you know, you don't know whether people are showing an interest in you because you might have talent or because they want to sleep with you, right? You're pretty, right. So you're always playing that game. Um, yeah, is it? It's, you think it's think harder for women to be problem. funny because that's a conversation. I think it's harder for them to be funny. I think it's harder harder for them to be in the business. They're just because a lot of people are funny or you're, or you're not. Things like women aren't funny or women oh, aren't as that's funny. Horseshit! What horseshit that is. Women sure. are hilarious. I grew up with. Well, I have three sisters. My mother was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> well, to me, you know, okay. I'm a little biased because she was my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, a couple of the nights, I think most of the nights. Uh, our favorite comedians of the night were were ladies. Yeah, at the show, at, at the shows the, in Montreal, at the, 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 the comedy works. Yeah. Did you at see? Was Bianca on that night? Uh, we may have seen her. Does she have glasses? No, no glasses. Who would have? I, I, who we've seen. We've seen. So that's how few comics there are. Yeah. How, how few uh, female comics there are. We've seen a couple. Yeah. <laughs> glasses. Oh, her. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, I the was one not, with glasses. Yeah. I was not. I was not able to ignore. Uh, I, I, obviously, if I see a, a stand-up comedian, a female, and she's pretty, obviously, I, I, I acknowledge that. Like, I'd be lying if I didn't. And the fact that she's funny makes her actually more attractive. <laughs> right. But the fact is that th- there's a fine line between that and just going like, uh, like the ass on the other one better. Uh, yeah. And like that kind right. of attitude, which I'm sure they have to deal with. Yeah. Um, oh, I would imagine. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Female comedy. But... It depends how you how you bring your material too, because it seems like women are just breaking into comedy now in a way that where they can explore any topic. It seems like the first wave of female comedians either had to do the uh, oh it's crazy being a mom, oh uh, I'm a crazy bitch, oh crazy bitches be like, oh uh, so. dieting. Well, you have like, to go back and look at. I don't know, maybe early Joan Rivers or something like that, or Maz Mabley, right. those kind of people. But, that, but they were though Like Joan Rivers is like was a maverick, you know. Like she she just took no prisoners. Like men and women worshipped her, and I don't really feel yeah. she counts. She as talked a about female being comic. a woman, like you know. Sure, she, she brought that about, yeah. she brought that into the the, the sphere. But yeah. um, when I see like the like young twenty to thirty to forty females, I think they're just starting to really do their thing now with like Amy Schumer and like uh, what's Chelsea what's her Chelsea name? Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler and like I've seen them sort of pop up on Netflix and it mm. seems like there's a bit of maybe a golden age right now. We'd have to obviously maybe pull in find one of these ladies uh, yeah. company works and get yeah, their perspective on For the sure. And yeah. it's, it's cool to see a lot of material that's not just about being a woman. Right. You know, like it's the next level sort of thing. Like I, I feel like this happens with uh, you know somebody who's fat or uh, Jewish comedians do this a lot, and everything oh, yeah. just yep. has to do around you know that central theme. It's it's nice to see female comics starting you know some gender related stuff, of course, but but not that not be the focus. Yeah, just not like be the whole thing. Just like nice to see a, a black guy not do like ghetto comedy, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, just go or for not those, exclusively at least not exclusively you know, go for in, those tropes. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, or you, or just you find a way to do it in a new in a new way, right? In a different sure. way, you know. You can talk about your your relationship, but if it's going to be the same old cat dog, um, I don't know, type of uh, men are from Mars, women from Venus. Then again, you know, if you look at, um, it depends if they do it ironically. Like look at Maria Bamford. Have you watched Maria Bamford's she's, new she is, Netflix? She, to she's me insane. I mean, amazing. almost literally, I love her to death. She's this, no one knows. this broken, beautiful woman. Just no one knows where what the what the truth is, and I think that's great. She lives in that space where it's kind of like Zach Galifianakis a little bit. Nobody really knows how much of it is an act and how much of it is oh, yeah. his sort of... Well, weird. how much is exaggerated. I, I've heard Mark Maron say that that's who she is. I mean, not the show, but I mean, when you see her doing stand-up, it's not much different than when you see her doing the show. I've never right. seen her live, but we watch her stand-up, watch the, her show. It's pretty much who she is. True. On comedians know? of comedy, too, when she's like kind of candidly talking into the Oh, I don't think I camera. saw that. Very good. Very good. Uh, Brian Posey, uh, Apollo oh, I did Oswald, see that. Maybe I didn't watch it all. When she's kind of talking to the it's camera. On Netflix. Is it still on Netflix? It should be. Okay. She no, still sort of does, periodically talks in like a baby voice. And yeah. You're not quite <laughs> sure where. And she's got, yeah, she's got a number of voices. And did, oh, she's, Whatever she's, she's just, doing. Either she, with me, it's like I have to be able to get on board with her. I have to be in the mood. But when she hits with me, I'm like peeing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Now, some yeah, of these, yeah. I guess that's something that uh, people uh, envy. Because, mm-hmm. um, uh, that, that, like, I'm sure she doesn't 
like the fact that she's kind of nutty, but it's given her like a like a brand. Well, yeah, she's bipolar. I think she's bipolar. She's on regular meds, and she she had she spent time in institutions. I'm pretty sure. Okay, is um, that a, is that a stereotype that comedians? I, I was hearing David Tell talk today on some podcast where he was saying like. Uh, he wonders if this is a stereotype or if it really it, it's a thing that attracts a lot of broken people mm-hmm. uh, psychologically, mentally, uh, family-wise, socially, or if the best ones just have, if, or if that just really helps you develop material because you've gone through so much shit that you have, if you've survived it, it's by laughing at it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have a take on like that? if you had a normal childhood and don't even bother trying, what's a trying stand up? Who's had a normal childhood? Nobody yeah, has a normal exactly. childhood. That's, that's what's true. you know. Yeah, there's no such thing as that's a normal. A, childhood. That's a good point. Right. So I, I don't think I don't think comedians are any more broken. But I mean, David Tell, if he's asking the question, that's pretty good. I don't know, uh, professional. I don't know, but I mean, obviously, it's up for debate because. Are you just a broken? Is a comedian just a good comedian? A broken person who knows how to who knows how to I don't know throw that into a story or make light of it in some way? Yeah, it sounds like you came from a funny family though, right? That was yeah, that, I think that we were pretty funny, sarcastic. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that'll yeah. help. How, yeah. If, how funny we were was debatable, <laughs> <laughs> but you know we that's yeah, another thing. like that too. Tell said super that. dark humor too. Uh, yeah, dark in your family and sarcastic. For sure. yeah. yeah, you and your sure. brother like yeah. Uh, like yeah, I said, a couple of jackals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and your mom too. Get she's dark. she's uh, she's funny as hell. Oh yeah, she's got a sharp wit too. She's a funny lady. Uh, yeah. My mom actually, if I could somehow uh, like become her agent, there are these <laughs> moments where she just kills me dead. Like she'll randomly just, for instance, right now she she's randomly really into the Euro Cup. She just randomly. My mom's really? like sixty five. She never old. watched soccer before. Here the Euro there, Cup. She'll watch like okay. a match of something. Yeah. But she's really committed to them for some nice. reason, and there's no explanation. And she won't like let's watch them together. She'll just start texting me the stuff during the games. That is just <laughs> it's just hilarious. Oh really? It's like shit. My dad says funny. Does she yeah. know how to talk about soccer? Uh, not really. But what she'll say is she'll say things like. Those poor, like those poor Ukrainians, they're so ugly. <laughs> and she doesn't mean Ukrainian, the people. She'll just mean like the team. They're right. like, they're, they couldn't find better looking boys. They just look, look terrible. Oh my and god! They keep, like, why did he? I come from that 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 generation too. That all the jokes were about U- Ukrainians and and poles. Poor because the poor Polish. Yeah, kid. yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> my mom just has this like it's it's very. I wouldn't say it's racist. It's not. It's certainly not racist. But it has a thin layer of like European condescension to it yeah, yeah. that I absolutely love, <laughs> and I know that is gone from me because I didn't grow up there. Yeah, but it's still alive in my mom, and she'll just say these things that sound kind of like you know your mom with the apartments that apartment conversation. Right. You want to maybe tell uh, uh, John about it, just the way she said it and why it was so funny. I don't know. I don't think I want to out her. <laughs> you don't want to out her? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, your mom is very similar to mine in that respect. Well, yeah. She'll just say these things like, I just don't know about these people. And you're like, Mom, what the hell are you talking about? What do you, what, what do you mean these people? Well, you know. <laughs> what did I say? I said you people to somebody, but they were a group of, especially, I said especially you people. And what were they doing? They were like working. They worked for a company or something. What was the context? God. I did, get, did they get offended? No. I was the one... They were, oh, damn, they were delivering groceries. Okay. And they happened to be black. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and they you just, pulled the Just that day. <laughs> and uh, they, I forget what it was. They brought the plastic bags up and they were handing them to me. And I was like, oh, I said, thanks for bringing plastic. Because they usually like to give you paper when they, when they deliver for whatever right. reason. I don't like them. And uh, they said, these, oh. There you go. Thanks for opening the gay guy's beer. <laughs> go on. Oh. Um. <laughs> So, the so they said the plastic bags are a lot easier, and I said, "Well, if anybody would know, it'd be you people." Oh, and I was like, "Oh, you people!" But I meant, you know, and they were both black, and but I meant delivery people. Isn't that the worst? And they didn't oh like God. it. Wasn't a thing. They just said, "Yeah, exactly." They got what I meant. Right, right, right. But still, right. <laughs> you're like, you know, just imagine yourself explaining that. You're like, I just want to make sure that you understand. I was yeah. stereotyping your profession. Yeah, that's right. Not you. That's right. That's right. Not your race. In a very empathetic, positive way, as in, if anyone would know that these bags are easier than the plastic right. ones or the paper ones, it would be you people. Yeah. While you're punching and kicking me in the stomach, please apply the appropriate pressure. 
Twitter for the <laughs> for the community that I insulted, and I assure you, it was not racial. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a cla- yeah. I get it. It's uh, my mom. That's it. It's not racial. It's it's like a cl- weird class classist yeah. classist. That's uh, the old mentality. European old like oh. Well, well, as you know, when you just let those kinds it, of people in, but it, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was, know. it was, it was really a lot more acceptable. And it, I wonder if it still is, though, in certain like because we live in a look where we live. We live in Montreal, yeah. right? You know, you look what we were talking about Orlando a little bit, and uh, people. I read something. Um, I forget who it was, but they were talking about how you know we forget what's going on in the rest of the world because we live in London or we live in New York or we live in Montreal, or Toronto. Right. Um. So I think there's still. There's that that still exists. Maybe not in the same box or whatever, I'll, but you I'll know. I'll give you an example. That's sort of in Hungarian. Uh, in my understanding, the way I learned Hungarian, there's the way to see when someone's rude. Uh, you can use the word parast, right? But it never occurred to me until someone took offense to it that actually means peasant. Oh, right. Okay. It means peasant. Like that's very peasant-like. Right. Uh, and my cousin <laughs> married a quote-unquote peasant girl or a girl that comes from peasantry or farmers, basically. And then we're talking, and I'm like, well, that's just very peasant-like. Uh, and then my cousin's like, yeah, fucking, that's super peasant-like. And she's like, what's wrong with being peasant-like? And we're like, oh, oh, this was passed down to us. We didn't think yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah. And but like, we've yeah. never used the word sits. Yeah, but I think it's, it's exactly, a, it's you know. It's a judgment. Our prejudices—that's how our prejudices. Uh, that's how we we become aware of our of our own prejudices by somebody yeah. pointing them out to us, and then we. It's uh, kind of like saying to jip someone, right? Yeah, to I was going to say because yeah. my mom used to say that all the time, yeah, and I well, I did too, and I was there was no malice. Tried to jip me. Tried to jip me. Don't jip me. Like, or or to Jew me down. Ooh, I mean right. that was that I've was. I've never heard that one. Really? To Jew me when down. When I was a kid, yeah. Which yeah. meant what exactly? To try and get a, a better price or try like and haggling. Oh right, of course. Right. Yeah. And like they're changing somebody. Jew me down. Yeah. I that, feel like we need to bring one. that back. <laughs> but again, you know, you say that uh, when you hear it and it's, you know, familial or, or cultural or whatever you want to talk about. I mean, I'm from a mining town in northern Manitoba in the 70s, right? Right. Yeah. There's no, so, again, there's, it there was no Jews there, though, really. There was like a very few that I, like, there wasn't a temple, but there was like a Kluchak and the. Maybe oh. some like. But Slavic I didn't really, Jews. I didn't know what a Jew was until I watched, I think, Barney, what, well, not Barney. Um, Archie Bunker, Archie oh, Bunker. Yeah. all in the family. I, uh, I, I, I don't think I'd heard of a Jew. Like I didn't know what a Jew was. I yeah, hadn't seen a black person. There are these expressions like, that we like in French. Wives' too. tale. Wives' tale. Yeah, wives' tale. What? What's that? Right, like when you tell a uh, like a like a an old wives' like a, tale. Yeah, it's like a tall tale. That, like I think the origin of that is it's like it's a that's a story that your wife would believe, sort of thing. Oh, then because w- women are dumb. Well, yeah, naive. Or well, no, I think it's more like an old wives' tale. I think it would be more like old wives who sit around. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, you know, could be that and, too. And, yeah. and talk about the boogeyman, oh, whatever it. the boogeyman of the day is, right? Oh, the okay. knitting circle. And, and then it becomes circulated to other old wives. Possibly. And it becomes oh, this old wives' tale about, you know, beware of this oh, okay, person. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're group. probably right about that. It's There's like a gossip thing. It's yeah, gossip, yeah. but it means that it's not true because it just kind of made the rounds on the sure. gossip yeah. circuit. Yeah. But there's a bunch, like, you know, being a pussy. Yeah, like, like the a media. Pansy, it's really yeah. just being a wuss. Like the media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, they were the CNN of their day. Right. <laughs> Indian giver? Indian giver. Yeah, yes. that was a too. thing, right? That's yeah. a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. Indian giver. Uh, but when you're, when you're calling somebody uh, a peasant, let's say, I think it's more of a... Um, it's a judgment on behavior, right? And I think our parents' generation was there was a prejudice, but it was it wasn't a prejudice about who you are, what color you are, what uh, you know, what cultural background you come from, and stuff. It's more they're very judgy about behavior, like right? Manners, so, you mean? Manners, etiquette, right? So okay. if you eat with the wrong fork, you spit your gum on the street, you, you know, whatever other rules that there are. There's like there's like classy behavior we, like we still use the word like oh it's classy it's mm-hmm. a classy it's mm-hmm. a class move you know it I means agree. that like you you've been you've been brought up in a, you know even like the west indian uh, expression brought up brought up i love yeah. that one brought up yeah. like the way you've been brought up like if yeah. someone is not bien ou mal élevé yeah if they don't have good uh, manners then they what is they, it brought lacking brought up yeah. which they i don't have brought up i love the expression i love that it's great that's what west indian uh, the West yeah. Indies? West Indies, yeah. yeah. That's great. 
that's the kind of stuff I love. Right. So it's a judgment on behavior. I'm going to try to remember that. Sure. But it's still a resentment of, of, of class, right? Yeah. They're associating poor behavior with lower class, which is, that's, that's probably a faux pas, but at, at its essence, it's really more of judging behavior. Right. Yeah, but it's like it, I guess in the old days you could get away with it because there was no nobility in being poor, um, and right. and uh, you, everybody just emulated the high classes and wanted to be like them. Right. Uh, like I remember, like now I'm talking to you guys. I remember all these all these little things that was were corrected in my behavior as a kid to be like, no, 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 you don't slurp your soup. Right. You don't uh, you don't put your elbows on the table. You don't like cut your meat with your yeah. elbows like flailing in the air. Um, right. You uh, you don't do this. You don't do that. And we're like, oh, that's just bringing kids up. No, that's kind of like, it's like a no. You have to behave this way. And if mm-hmm. you don't, then this guy's no fucking class. Mm-hmm. Right. And how how comfortable we are with just saying things like that. Yeah, <laughs> and we were talking about it as well that like that class is a way of kind of uh, excluding certain people. Right. So by teaching your kids manners, like you're allowing them to be able to in future uh, sort of circu- be within those circles and, and not stand out as somebody who right. you know, can't use the right, can't write the, use the somebody right fork. Yeah. You're teaching, yeah. You're yeah, teaching exactly. kids the pr- appropriate ceremonies to be able to access the circles of power that you hope they will and make them financially secure. Hmm. Right, that's kind of the idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the it's the trope of basically like the the guy from the ghetto working three jobs so his kid can get that scholarship or whatever that 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 uh, that run at some good university. Like mm. none of us had a degree. You're gonna make it out out of here. You're gonna get three degrees. You won't get a job, but you're gonna get like a whole bunch of degrees, and then they won't be worth anything. Yeah. You're gonna get. You <laughs> have to get this, this three degrees and then become a rap star. But now I know head of Louis Vuitton said he he didn't understand why he needed to take a meeting with me. Okay, you don't understand why you need to take a meeting with Kanye West. I'm gonna show you why you need to take a meeting with Kanye West. Everybody in Atlanta right now at the Louis Vuitton store, if you black, don't go to Louis Vuitton today. That's why you need to take a meeting with Kanye West, Bernard Arnault. Are you writing your jokes down? Yeah, yeah, I've got a phone full of material and uh richard's my writing partner so we're sort of hammering out the best of nice i'm certainly no i have no shortage of material it's just i want it i want that five minutes or whatever to be really really solid uh in terms of um like i tend to be very long form podcast wise it's also kind of trained me into a long form thing and i'm learning with richard's help that really i want to like like yeah, the, you have to condense distill it condense. down. Yeah, oh yeah. Land two, three, four good ones. Yeah, and then I'm out. Yeah, I just want to see if I can do it. Yeah, it's it's the ultimate personality stress test. It is. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, especially that first one. We'll see. So we'll the see. longer you you let it go on, the more turmoil you'll you'll have to live through. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no. I'm also listening to <coughs> so many comedians talk about their first times, and David Tell again was saying how. It's funny because if he could have his old material back, he could milk it to for so many more years. Hmm. It's sort sort of like he's like at, he's at his best now, but his material he feels like is his weakest. And uh, the irony is, of course, when he was starting out, he had great shit, but he didn't have the, the chops. <laughs> yeah, and and something else too. The, the, the first CD he would have made, I think he had like five years comedy under his belt, and then. After that, you, you don't have that luxury anymore. You got to crank out the same amount of material, but right. in a shorter amount of time, right? Yeah. So maybe that's what he meant too. Like that, the early stuff was polished material, but I wasn't the same joke teller, right? Right. Yeah. Um, no, he's a, he's an interesting. What guy was the podcast he was on? Uh, this is Industry older, Standard. It, uh, oh. It's on the Nerdist. The Nerdist. The Nerdist okay. gets really good interviews <clears throat> with a lot of like uh, they've had like Patrick Stewart on and JJ Abrams. Like they get big names to. Sit yeah, down with I've them. heard some comics like the Nerdist. Yeah, so many podcasts. So, so many podcasts. Yeah, but uh, this was from a couple of years ago. Um, but it's a really good one because he talks about his. Um, he has the show or had the show where he oh, yeah, review the, uh, the vintage late night porn. Show. Yeah, Dave's old uh, porn. Yeah. yeah, Dave's old porn. That's it. Yeah, so he talks about that and stuff, and uh, it's pretty funny. Mm. But he also had uh, Insomniac. Yes, which I think which a almost lot of killed people, him. I think a lot of people tried to recycle that formula. I think too, right. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but uh, it's like it, an off the cuff. 
Yeah, just bringing the cameras to the comedy club. And uh, after his last joke, uh, late night show, they would go to restaurants and bars and hang out at parties and street fairs and yeah. whatever was going on at that time of the night. And they'd all be hammered. And it would, they would, <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah. That's a great idea. And it was perfect for his lifestyle. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of clubs, <laughs> see what I did there? Um, as most people know, I mean, I know everyone's talking about like Brexit and uh, bombs exploding in Turkish airports now, and that's that's what's going on now. But the uh, Florida, Orlando, Florida shooting is still pretty heavy, pretty hot on people's minds right now. I don't know if the news cycle is over it, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know what the spin now is it's kind of spun itself into um islamophobia has it that's kind of the debate and it's become ethnic uh like the montreal vigil that they had there was a transgender guy who threw a piece of paper at Cuillard, and um everybody made a huge deal about it it was disruptive but i mean that's what those like i was going to say that's what those things are for it wasn't for that it was totally inappropriate but i get it that's how that's you have to make noise to be heard and and trans people are uh, like on the front they've been on the front like they've, they've been so disrespected like in the gay movement trans people and they were the ones who kicked the door open for us you know at, at Stonewall it was um, um, trans people of color that that were raising shit and fighting back and making noise right they, they were the okay. ones and now they're being yeah they're being well they're being treated like shit so these people had a voice at a place where they could be heard and that was the vigil that they chose so it's, you yeah. know it's weird because when i see situations about trans people um there's obviously a f the first sort of feeling is like oh, this is shitty people being shitty to each other again and here's another group of people that needs to kind of fight a fight to get respect and be treated like normal human beings but there's also like this weird background sort of uh hope that that sort of sets in where I'm like, okay, well, gay people are not kind of having to fight this fight anymore. It's on to the next group, and that there's like a progression almost. Mm. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's that's realistic, but I feel like no. that's a good thing, maybe. Uh, yeah, good and bad, I guess. Like Larry Kramer, the guy who uh, started ACT UP, um, he he was talking the other day about how gay men had to fight during the AIDS epidemic and fight and fight and fight. And I, I mean. You know, I just, I just reaped the, the gains of that. The, the, and, and, you know, gay people were talking about ACT UP. Like, these people went out there and did the things and made noise and, and got hurt. Mm -hmm. and Like the uh, mi uh, Milk? Uh, Harvey Milk? Harvey Milk, those guys? Yeah, that, that type of thing. That uh -huh. sort of, that, those sorts of political actions. Um, but, uh, and he was saying that then they stopped fighting. After they got, after uh, ACT UP got uh, uh, drug companies off their asses and they got uh, decent medication at, at prices that could be affordable um, and then they got the cocktails for AIDS medication the 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 flame, <laughs> the flame. <laughs> How appropriate is that? The gay flame went down. This is fire in a hole, after all. That's, true. <laughs> That's right. And as I approached, there was a bar flaming barbecue on like a couple balconies down, and it was like huge. And I looked behind it, and there was this enormous fan. I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um. So, like, once that happened, the movement kind of. It yeah, it doesn't have the same sort of motivation anymore as it once did. And now we're getting um, really shitty drugs. We're not spending any more money on research um, because the drugs are just okay, apparently. Uh, uh, and so they're just crank because money, they're, they're money makers. So they're not, they're investing in marketing right. and so forth rather than, you know, our research. Yeah. Right. What kind of an asshole do you have to be to be like a marketer for, for pharmaceuticals, period, but then to be... Uh, like the guy that puts together marketing strategies for, you know, dead deadly diseases like AIDS mm. and mm. cancer and and like put spins on the. I mean, I guess cancer nobody has the balls to like put you know advertising marketing behind it, but they kind of hide behind the the charity drives, right? Right. Um, but uh, you know, I just I I just I had this thought today. I think I think the world is full of serial serial killers that are like unaccomplished. Maybe. Like lazy serial like serial killers that haven't gone all yeah, the way. Yeah, well, like how did they how do they describe like the NRA? How do they describe their people who have not had any you know prior offenses? Responsible gun owners, because that's right. what that's what they call them. That's what this guy, the Orlando dude, was a responsible gun owner until that night, right? Really? So he had was he not? I mean, he never had you know he didn't have. Uh, I don't think he had any. Was he an NRA previous, member? Oh, but he was like he had some assault raps. He was closeted gay man that that has yeah. been established. Yeah. Did, did he have like a gun club thing? Was he a gun 
Uh, I don't know what his background in guns were. I don't think he had any. I don't think he had any gun rap sheet at all. And I think that's right. why somebody made the comment about, well, you know, us respo- we responsible gun owners. And then they made the point. Well, so was uh, what was his name? Martin. Uh, I forgot. Uh, his name. Omar Ma- uh, Mateen. Omar Mateen. Omar Mateen. Yeah. I'm glad we can't remember his name. By the way, that's a good thing. That's, that's an ongoing thing. sort of struggle I think that we have with the media, where uh, like uh, Anton Brevich or whatever his name, like all these shooters uh, end up. The more notoriety they get, uh, the more they kind of become a kind of a weird vocation for other crazies. Like they kind of see it as a path to success, right? And they take attention mm-hmm. away from the the the, the, um, the victims. Tragedy, yeah, the victims right? aren't remembered, right. and uh, uh, many have suggested that th- those names, those guys, whose names and likenesses should be like buried under a rock. You know, mm. they should get no attention yeah, whatsoever. For sure. Right. No fame. Yeah. No fame. Zero fame. No. We don't like, want to hear about them after they go to jail. Plaster Shut their up. face. Just keep it, them in there. There's a uh, bail hearing or bail uh, hearing, a uh, parole hearing. Yeah, we'll hear about that. But yeah, otherwise. they can disappear people for mm-hmm. like to Guantanamo and to like other things for terrorist related uh, suspicious activity. And they, they strip those people of their rights and uh, keep them in jail forever without ac- accusing them, whatever. Like, why mm. can't they give those guys the same treatment? Like, just pull them off the street, waterboard mm-hmm. them. I don't care. I mean, maybe there's not. A, there's a public healing aspect to it as well. Oftentimes, these guys end up dying in the process. So there's no, you know, raking them over the coals and mug shots on TV and yeah. getting to see them, you know. Th- th- there's That's no, true too. There's no That's closure. Reason, you know? Yeah. Well, or there's, you know, very quick closure. Or very quick closure. But when they yeah, you know, he would be getting more attention. Had he oh, yeah. Oh, there'd be documentaries. Uh, yeah, of course. And People would yeah, be yeah, fighting right now for his life story and uh, trying to get a Netflix special going on. A, yeah. Like they did with... Uh, oh, that, yeah. What was that show? Um, I don't remember. But it was making skill. a Murderer? Making a Murderer, right. That's yeah. it. That's kind of the new approach now. Mm. You get like a 23-part series yeah. <laughs> for doing bad things. I, I it's a little crazy. At least, uh, I think it was part of the vigil where they they put all the names of the mm-hmm, of, yeah of the victims. They read the and, names of the victims, and they I think they did a thing in, in chalk on the street. Was that here? Yeah, I didn't see yeah. that. And yeah, I, I yeah I saw it posted. I actually didn't see it for real, but yes, yeah, they did that. So what was that like? What was what was that vigil like? Um, it was uh, wasn't really. I wish there would have been more. Just I, I wanted it to be more kumbaya and less political. Hmm. I wanted to have a moment. It was aggressive you know, with with my people, kind of thing. You know, I really <laughs> right. did. I wanted to just, but it was kind of. There was a buzz. Uh, there was a protest group. I forget the name, but the guy, the guys who were supporting the um, uh, the fellow who threw the paper, uh, right. they were they were like making a lot of noise and pissing people off. And the old old gay farts were like, "Oh, be quiet and have some respect." And like, no, <laughs> you know, get over it. They're here. This is going to happen. They've got. You know what? It, what's it, I wanted to know what it was about. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah, and what I only was found it about? Out. They were they were uh, mad that it wasn't condemned harder by the government. No, it, it was uh, to bring. I think they're from South America. Uh, Latinos, the tra- I think, the trans, oh, sorry, trans, trans. But it was mostly drawing attention to the trans, to trans visibility and to trans rights. That's what it was. Because you know, it's not the same thing. Does it sound? I, I don't know. Am I wrong here? Does this sound like like a bit of a weird thing to do when it's supposed to be a vigil for for people who got killed? Yeah, yeah, it was totally inappropriate. Regardless, of it was completely inappropriate, but it was very effective. And they don't mm-hmm. care about being appropriate. I mean, they've been look at where they're coming from. They've been you know uh, just treated like shit their whole lives, and you know rejected by their family, friends, sure. by society, by, by cops, by people that protect them, government, everybody, everybody, everybody. So they don't give a shit about if it's appropriate or not. Right. They're just taking the opportunity yeah. to get the visibility. And so, yeah. And, you know. And that's, that's one of the things about, I think, the, the coverage around this event, and it's not just this event. I think it happens a lot, but it, is, it ends up being very politicized. You know, people, did you see that, that um, reporter that ended up walking off the show? Yes, I did. The show? Guardian. Yeah, because there's there's kind of these two posi- there were three of them, two of them were saying, "Oh, this is a you know this is a tragedy." It's a okay, human tragedy. It's a human tragedy, right? It's an attack on our Western way of life and our liberal values, and the guy, the, the gay guy, was like, "Well, no, we have to accept that this is a, a homophobic attack," and it seems it just seems very odd. Like I don't I don't fully get it. I don't understand why, you know, why those. Because I, I think both of them, I, w- they were trying to push forward I think their it's own closeted bigotry. They were both trying to push forward their own political agendas, right? So well, and their, and their own point, yeah, but and their own points of view, and they're probably like bigoted towards gays. True, and I think they so. didn't want to, and they didn't want to own up to that because, and there's also like you can be bigoted toward gays, you can have a prejudice, uh, 
But you can also resent how politically powerful gay people have become. Look what we've gotten. And I say yeah. we. I'm just like I'm riding the coattails here. But people They're have strong gotten enough down to take on the NRA. gay marriage. Gay marriage. Yeah. Gay yeah. marriage. Here it's been like 13 years already, but it just passed in the United States. That that was a lot of work and a lot of very um, uh, <laughs> very intelligent political machinations and and all sorts of fucking lobbying and. Do you um, think that it, in, in the end, th this could not end up being hurtful to, to gays in the sense of becoming so politically Oh, strong? sure. It makes it, it's another reason to hate it. You can hide your, you can hide your homophobia in, uh, no, they're just too loud. Just shut up. What I mean, it's you, like know, you, find, you can have your life, but shut up about if you, it. And if it's you like, turn it right. too much into a, com like into a movement, then, you, then you're like not, then it might be the thing that prevents integration and, and, and normalcy to homosexuality. Well, that hasn't been the way for now because it's been making noise that's made, uh, gotten us, you know, in, if you want to talk about inclusion, that's enabled us to become included in the sense of the same rights, marriage rights. Yeah, uh, I mean, so, that, that's so a that's, fight that I completely understand. No, but I mean, that's that's part of wanting to be included. We're never going to, like, not everybody's going to play together. It's never going to happen. We just, sure. We're just saying, like, fuck you, we want the same rights and I don't want to like if I die I want my my partner to have the you know uh, be able to take my whatever I've left behind I don't want the government to gobble up like for example yeah no that's a legitimate issue I mean now we're talking about property rights we're talking about civil rights we're talking about all, all this stuff yeah, how can you not politis well no but I, that was different but. yeah and all it just it seems like every time uh, something like this happens people are trying to get credit for it, it or oh. you know they're trying to to get like social brownie points or in order to move their own interests forward do you know uh, milo yiannopoulos are you familiar no. with him he's uh, this republican you have to gay. you have to look <coughs> up milo he okay. calls, he's he's a trump supporter and he's very republican and you know he's very flam flamboyant and he's a super flamboyant is he a log cabin gay. republican Young, that's a gay Republican. British conservative. Yeah. Oh it's like he, he calls himself a that he does like this tour called the Dangerous Faggot Tour. Yeah, and he calls Trump Daddy. He's an and anomaly. He's always talking about how uh, you know how many black dicks he's taken, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he's a conservative Christian, right? Yeah, go for it. gay so conservative. It's just Christian. It's, uh, half yeah. of it has got to be an act. The other half is just he, clearly this is a very intelligent guy. No, I think gay people can be like uh, bigots too. Come on, right? right. We but can be. You one know, of the we are very. <laughs> one of the things that he says is that We're still people <laughs> is that exactly gay people exactly. are now losing their privilege status, right? Like so that because they're We're no, no longer We're oppressed. The day, like, yeah. So so now you're just a privileged asshole like the rest of us, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So I I found mm -hmm. that that interesting. So. You know, some might well, say especially that if you're white, Caucasian, North American. But if you're gay and you're like West Indian, for example, I was going to say, you know, yeah, different lot, cultures is still, different. The same way that uh, it's kind of weird to see a a uh, like New England pampered white girl in a university screaming uh, about women's rights um, when you know they're Indian women getting acid thrown in their face. You know, like we have to acknowledge that it's, this is not just about being gay or not. There are class considerations there are yeah. country regional considerations right mm -hmm. being you know this better than probably anyone like being gay here doesn't mean being gay the same thing as being gay in like russia singapore singapore you name it right yeah, sure um and so that's a f that's like almost like there needs to be several fights on several fronts right i mean uh, pussy riot and all that everything they've they've been doing right is was so inflammatory to us because we're like really this you're still there, Russia. You're still at this point, right? Where you're locking up people for their sexual orientation, like that's. Yeah. Some, it's like we did this 40 years ago or whatever it was. Um, How did you feel about the um, about the media coverage around the event, uh, about around this this tragedy? Do you do you feel like that it, it was done properly? Where did or? I get my media for it? I don't even know, know where I got it. it I watch like some mainstream. I watch like CBC and uh, maybe. I don't know, an American station or two. Like you're talking was the coverage as is while it was hap like as it happened or all No, just the like kind of the the aftermath and how everyone sort of dealt with it. Do you feel like that it was it was dealt with well? In a I, way I don't read a lot of media to be honest. Yeah. I don't I don't read a lot of a varied source of, of media at all. So mm -hmm. I'll get like links on Twitter or Facebook and uh, traditional media, but I mean I got the information I needed. 
Um, and I, you know, I didn't watch any right wing stuff at all. I didn't watch CNN. I didn't see any CNN. Uh, right. And I'm glad. Had I had CNN, like if I'd have been in the states, I've been, I would have been all over, all it, over just that shit, bitching yeah. and moaning. And one thing I couldn't figure out that that really I was perplexed me is when this happened. I'm like, which way are the bigots going to go on this one? Yeah, because on one side right. you have like especially political right wingers, like you know, we're talking uh, the the presidential candidates yeah. or like Cruz like what's which, he gonna say which way are yeah. they gonna go on this one are they gonna go with the like Islamophobia bit yeah, right. or right. God we care about we care about God. all people this is attack on society or the West or humanity Barrow, or, or right. are they gonna go with the West Barrow Baptist or whatever the like you know the like well you know they got their just desserts for the blasphemous because there was right. all that shit coming out of the you south. You can't violate God's laws and just expect right. to get away with it. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is possibly the only funny thing about the Orlando shooting is we have a bunch of conflicted bigots not knowing which way to go. <laughs> yeah, how can we, how should we spin this? <laughs> where should I, where, where do I put my I hate? feel really badly, but I don't know which way to go with the electorate. I, I want to hate, but I don't know where to put it. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> I'm sorry to make you Southern sounding, but that just... I just want to still be able to hate them. Yeah. Some, some comic made a joke about that, how like it's so stereotypical to hear bigoted people speaking with a Southern American accent. Right. But the reality is there's probably completely open-minded, uh, accepting Southerners who are mm-hmm. like, hey, man, if you want to take a penis into your mouth, that's your business. <laughs> and it's how, how that doesn't sound right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's <laughs> off there. Like, you're happy that this guy is the way he is, but you're like, that, that's just... And, I've, and I saw a parallel with uh, the Brexit where the good guys in that story are clearly the European Union guys but they all sound like Nazis, so it's really <laughs> weird. Oh, that's really right. They all sound like Nazis, so it's super fucked because like they're they are yes. on the right side of this situation. Right, of course. But every right. time one of them hits the television, he's like, "The the French, the English should have thought about this. <laughs> this is not a this is not a prudent that's course good. of that's, action." That's a right? bit. That is a bit. Oh, that's yeah, a bit. Yeah. Right, exactly. but it just bit. isn't that crazy. And I never noticed that. I just listened to. I listened tolerant. to. <laughs> <laughs> we shall accept the gays, the transgenders, the Jews, the brown people. We are one planet. And the love. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now let's do the goose step for diversity. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where we need to wrap this. All right, John. Thank you for coming back. Pleasure. It's fun. Have an awesome show. Thank you. And uh, we're definitely going to have you back again. And uh, you can tell us about how it went. And uh, I, I hope I hope you crush it. And I, I just, I would give us the biggest pleasure to see you just fucking destroy this thing and go on to bigger things. Cheers. Cheers what to you. Said. Fire in the hole. <laughs> Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole.